You're listening to episode 249 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. I am so incredibly pumped to have today's guest back on the show, seriously one of my favorite people to talk to and learn from. You may remember Jeremy Newsom from episode 153. If you didn't catch that episode, check it out after this one as Jeremy shares the story of how he bought stock in Apple at the age of six. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Over the past seven years, Jeremy Newsom has built a reputation as one of the foremost pioneers in fiscal therapy. His vigor and drive for helping communities, families, and individuals grow their financial literacy is second to none. Jeremy was able to create and launch a company called Real Life Trading back in November of 2014. This starting point had allowed him to assist and enrich tens of thousands of lives while growing the company organically to a seven-figure business. In this episode, we're going a little bit deeper. I'm asking about crypto, if he foresees a repeat of 2008, and so much more. A little note that you may notice that the sound on the end, well, on my end, cuts out towards the end of the episode. It sounds a little different. It doesn't sound bad. It just sounds a little different. Zoom was having issues, and for whatever reason, it randomly decided to drop my good microphone, my big microphone, um, from being connected, and then it picked up using my audio computer. I never got an alert for it, didn't even realize it happened until I listened to the playback. You can still hear me but the quality definitely differs. You'll be able to hear how good it is to have a good microphone for recording. Regardless, this episode is still full of so much good information that you really are going to enjoy it and gain a lot from it. While you're listening today, be sure to screenshot and share that you're listening. Put that on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at MindBizLife. Let's start a conversation or share this episode with a friend. Sharing is how we've gotten this podcast into over 150 countries and counting. Don't forget, we're now officially official with podcast merch. That's right. You can rep your favorite podcast with our signature t-shirts, long sleeve tees, tanks, hoodies, stickers, and coffee and tea mugs, and so much more. I am dropping new designs by the minute. I actually already dropped a little spiritual line Go check that out. It's on mindbizlife.com. Remember that when you order, I want to see what you got. DM me your photos or tag me in them at mindbizlife. All right. Are you ready to meet Jeremy? You know what to do. Tune in. Turn it up. Let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Jeremy, my friend, welcome back to the show. I love that you're joining me again. What a treat. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I just truly, and I say this with all sincerity, had the most epic time on the first one. I was like, we need to do it again. Yes. So I, just, I kind of bugged you because I've been listening to all of your other ones and you're amazing and everything you do is incredible and your energy is great. Your questions are wonderful. Your interviewees are fantastic. Oh, I love that. Thank you. To be back. And your social media game is strong. Um, that comes from like the social media <laughs> king right now. Like I'm always on every time I get on Twitter, like there you are. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Well, I encourage anyone who hasn't heard episode 153 with Jeremy to go back and listen to that after you're finished here. But Jeremy, give us a quick intro about yourself and what you do for those who may not be familiar. 
Totally. So my quick intro, I am a liquid asset specialist. So okay. I help people with, yeah, cryptocurrencies, stocks, options, money specifically, and or time. I help a lot of people with their time as well. And those are intangible liquid assets that it's hard to touch, but it's very, very crucial to get it done right. Yes, I love that. And Jeremy gives us his whole background on that last episode. So that's why I'm encouraging you to go back and listen to that. But also, it's just a great conversation that we have. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. Jeremy, before we even dive into this conversation, I have to say, I was listening to, I think it was season one of Broke to Woke podcast. And I'm already hooked on season two, as I told you. But I had no idea that you naturally have a Southern accent that you've worked hard on your speaking voice to overcome. Like what? Thank you. Yes. It, it, this is the result of many years of practice. Yeah. Many, many years. I even had to hire a voice coach at one no. point uh, recently just to continue to get a little bit better. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you can still turn it on though, right? Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> when you get around your family or yeah. like friends from back home, do you find that you sometimes flow a little bit more towards it? Like certain draws come back? Yep. I close my mouth, my lips get really close together and just start mumbling and everyone else can understand me fine, but right. you know, other people yeah. cannot. Yeah. I know I had posted something. Um, I don't, it was a meme or something and it was like, hell yeah. You know, it was like something like real country. <laughs> and so many times I was actually back in Virginia one time and my mentor from the UK called and in her mind, she doesn't even know what Virginia is. She was like, is that a state? Is that, you know, yeah. she's like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know how the States work over there. I'm like, yeah, it's a state. And I was like, but I'm kind of like in the sticks. And she's like, what? what's the sticks? And I was like, Oh, that's just like the cut. And she's like, what's the cut? And I was like, Oh my. So as I'm talking to her, she was like, Lauren, your voice sounds different. She's like, you sound rather country there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm back home. <laughs> like certain yes. things just come out and it's you, unless you're mindful to it, you, you sometimes don't hear it, but I, you had complimented me on my speaking voice last show. And then when I heard that that's your natural accent, I was like, no way, no way. We got, we got to talk about that. So <laughs> I love it. No, thank you so much. That's such a kind kind thing to notice. Oh, I love it. Well, Jeremy, last time we spoke to, I think this was last August, so much has happened since then, but yes. let's just reflect on one of the biggest talked about things, I feel like of 2021, which some people aren't really understanding to this point is GameStop. What mm. actually happened with the GameStop stocks a few months ago? Great question. And you're right. I've noticed on your blog posts and a lot of your comments on different topics that, yeah, people are still asking about GameStop. And the interesting reason is because it's still kind of, it's still kind of up there. You know, as far as stock price, it, like it hasn't really plummeted Dropped. the way people thought it might after it all happened. Yeah. But in essence, to make it really, really simple, the stock market has massive fluctuations in price. And this has happened before. This has just became more popular, I think, because of maybe, maybe social media or maybe it's just that everyone knows what GameStop is. And normally when it happens, it's on really, really random companies that no one ever heard about before. Mm -hmm. But in general, in the stock market, you can make money if a stock goes up or down. And in the stock market world, if you try to make money when it's going down, it's called shorting. Well, the way you exit a short trade is you have to buy to cover 
or buy to close. So you have to get out of that position by buying. And what happened is there was a lot of people that was shorting the stock and a lot of people that was betting against it. And when they, when they were betting against it, what that caused was led the stock price to go so, so high. And then people were excited about buying. So then they kept buying. And then all the other people that were short had to get out again, the people that are betting against it. And so there's like a continuous rampage of buying that happened. But in essence, yeah, that's it's called short squeeze. And the crazy part is you can actually scan for that. It's something that happens on a weekly basis, uh, ironically enough, just not that magnitude and generally not on the stock that popular. But to give you a crazy example, Lauren, Avis Budget Group, which you probably heard of, the rental car company, they're doing the same thing. They're just not getting as much notice. So since September, um, they're up 300%. What? Yeah. Yeah. So the same thing's happening on Avis. And there's a few other stocks. So it happens on a relatively frequent basis, ironically enough, which is cool because for me, as a trader, you actually have the opportunity to go find companies that you think are getting really beat up that are actually still around, that are still making money. People still use them, but then they start going against the grain and they, they start what's called, again, squeezing out the shorts. Mm. And you can make a lot of money on trades like that very quickly. Oh, all I keep thinking about is maybe if this would have happened the blockbuster we could, <laughs> <laughs> we could yes, still have Blockbuster around. I don't know why, but I still, uh, this entire world of digital movies, it's great, right? But there was something about walking into like a, a video store and finding something completely new. Like now you have to scroll. It's lost its magic. So <laughs> I, there's a lot of scrolling going on, which I feel terrible when I scroll because yes. I'm like, there's so much here yes. and I'll be looking for seven to 10 minutes. I'm like, I can't find anything, right. but I'm truly looking through hundreds of titles. Yes, it's almost too much for your oh. brain to absorb or you know what movie you want to watch, like an old movie and you can't oh. find it on the app. But Blockbuster would have it. So, you know, we'll just... Yeah. Or Blockbuster. <laughs> All right, but back to, back to GameStop. So then we had a completely different issue. So you had also brought up Robinhood, which is a trading app. You had shared that with us on the last episode, but Robinhood has gotten some backlash after this whole GameStop thing. So they, what happened? Yeah, they did. And I, I, I would publicly come out and say, I think what they did was a little shady for sure. Mm. But in general, Robinhood just stopped allowing people to buy it. Oh, and That was really it. They just, they just turned off the buy feature so no one could buy it. And there's there is both sides of the fence though, because... What was also happening, and this is unfortunate, but it happens every single time something runs up like this, but people get what's called FOMO, fear of missing yeah. out. And they think it's going to go from 400 to 1,000 and 1,000 to 3,000. They start seeing like, oh, I can put in 10,000 and make 40 and pay off my debts. And then they just start buying these things at way, 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 way too high to prices. And then the stock plummets and they lose all their money. Right. Like, so that's why they turned it off like in general, but I think there's probably some back end shady stuff that was going on that probably should not have been allowed as well. Like they were protecting some of their, you know, hedge fund buddies mm-hmm. from losing more money. Yeah. But I, I think what really happened was they're just trying to protect some of their main consumers. Now, yes, every company's going to take a backlash at some point. Like Apple's done stupid stuff, Google's done dumb stuff, Facebook's done dumb things. This is not going to affect or be a negative consequence to Robinhood. It'll just be one of those tiny things that get swept under the rug. Uh, it's not going to like heed their growth or anything but yeah it's still a it's still a decent broker yeah it seems like some people if you were going to cash out you were going to do it right then in the heat of the moment not a couple months down the road you've probably already forgotten about it (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Lauren, did you get into anything since our chat? Did you buy any stuff? So I, that's funny that you asked that because if, so I actually have taken your courses. I think I'm on, nice. I'm most of the way through the second level now. So, but everything what? I hear about is cryptocurrency. And this <laughs> then is just like a whole new world to me. Cause I'm like, okay. Cause last time we talked, it was consumer, like go to what you're already buying, right? Like where you're a consumer. This makes sense to me. Cryptocurrency. I'm like, so what? <laughs> so let's go into the world of crypto. Is this really the future? Great question. I will say yes. There's going to be many, many, many different iterations and fluctuations from where we are now. But in general, the world will go to a cashless society in two decades. Mm. And cryptocurrencies aren't necessarily going to be the only currency people use. There'll be plenty of things that they use. The most important application, in my opinion, of cryptocurrencies is it provides a decentralized way of tracking people's progress through different things. So let me kind of paint a picture for you. Let's say that a company comes out and they want to create a voting application, Lauren, that anyone can vote in the entire country for a president. And they can do that from the security of their home. They can do that without leaving. They can do that without gerrymandering. Uh, you know, they can do that without politicians redrawing state borders or country borders or county borders or whatever. And they can just go in and everyone can just vote and just everyone can have a, a choice. Well, once that happens, um, in general, once everyone has that, that vote, then they can get paid or they can get rewarded by some type of currency. You know, mm. so for example, everyone buys into this currency, they buy into this currency. And after they buy into the currency, when they do vote, they actually get rewarded through that currency. Or if they don't vote, they get, you know, penalized. But then it's a, it's on something called the blockchain. Yeah. So what's cool about the blockchain is blockchain technology is a distributed ledger technology, which is encrypted by cryptography. Cryptography is a special type of internet. Uh, security protocol that's extremely safe, almost unhackable. Mm. So the voting, decentralized voting would, meaning decentralized means no one owns it, right? There's no normal governance. There's no person or company that owns everything. It's a people's currency or it's a people's platform. So they make the rules, right? Not a very, you know, not a CEO or board of directors right. or a central bank or whatever. That's what makes cryptocurrencies interesting is it's that ability. I mean, imagine being able to buy a house in 20 seconds rather than four months. Oh my gosh. Right? Like me and you can buy a car right now before this podcast is over right. and no one would bat an eye and it could be a $60,000 car, but buying a $60,000 house, yeah. impossible. Like, you, like it takes three, four, five months. So things like that, be the speed at which those things can change. Um. The, the ability to have borderless currency that can be interchanged and exchanged without any intermediary is very, very intriguing. And that's kind of what made cryptocurrency so popular to begin with is right now, Lauren, let's say you were in um, Australia and I wanted to send you um, $1,000, a thousand US dollars. There's only a few ways I could do it. I mean, I could do it with PayPal, but then PayPal would take their cut and there'd be an exchange fee and, and right they would have to either approve or disapprove and it would have to go through the bank and there would be this process. But I could also, if you live in Australia, I could send you a Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin and I could do it instantaneously with the fee would be even smaller 
and it'd be even it'd be even faster. Yeah. And and there's there's a lot of the different applications, but the big question that you're asking is it the future? The answer is yes. There are certain uh, certain cryptocurrencies that will prevail over, over others. Uh, Bitcoin will be here for a long time. Ethereum is my favorite. Ooh. Um, yeah, Ethereum right now is about $2,600 per coin. It was $300 a coin a year ago. Whoa. And it'll be at 50000 in the next 10 years. Whoa. Yeah. So, so what so what makes this coin different from Bitcoin? And so what's the difference in, in the currencies? Mm-hmm. Amazing question. So Ethereum is the best way to describe it. If you had to think about Bitcoin as a digital physical item, you would kind of assume that Bitcoin would be like gold. So let's say it's digital gold, okay. right? So gold only has a certain amount that can be created. Um and it has to be mined from the earth, mm. right? So Bitcoin, kind of the same thing. And gold is a little bit more expensive. Right. Uh, so gold's a little bit more expensive than let's say silver or platinum or whatever. I would say that Ethereum is more like digital concrete. So Ethereum is oftentimes the thing upon which most other decentralized applications is built upon. It was designed to be a blockchain that's very transferable and very fluid. Uh, Bitcoin is not. Bitcoin's more like a rigid, tough uh, blockchain. So think about like a lo- like a railroad track, but the railroad track takes rather than commuter trains where it takes people, it takes you know tanks and oil and coal and rocks and steel. That would be like Bitcoin's blockchain. Right. But concrete, I mean, technically, it theoretically has a limited supply. But not really. As long as you have sand and water and a few other chemicals, you can pretty much make concrete. And so you build so many things on top of concrete, you're not going to build your house on top of gold. Right. But you will see you will see gold as a store of value. But how valuable is that concrete on what you're building roads and transportation and your houses and you know driveways and all that stuff? Ooh, that's a really good analogy that I can actually wrap my head around because I'm a very visual person. So you just painted a great picture for me. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) So what is what's the other types? We have you said Ethereum, Bitcoin, and what was the other one? Oh, snap. There's so many. Uh, Litecoin, Litecoin is the one that, the other one yeah. you mentioned. Yeah, Litecoin would be more like that commuter train that we're talking okay. about. Um, so instead of like a big, big, massive train, it'd be more like the people's train, a little bit faster, a little bit more nimble, um, more for back and forth and the, the moving of quick items. And then there, there's a lot of other ones. Those are my three main ones. But there's one also called Stellar Lumen. Mm. Um, Stellar Lumen, one of the main developers, is also the chief technology officer of a company called Stripe. I don't know if you've yeah, ever heard of Stripe. I use Stripe. Yeah, so, exactly. So it's an online payment system, online payment portal gateway. If you use Stripe, Stellar Lumen, is they have a lot of similar principles in the back end of that. But in general, this is the way I like to tell people. If it has a chart, it has a heart. And if you are relatively involved or interested in learning the visualization of how this stuff moves, just like you're going through my level two program, you can start looking at candles and moving averages and ups and downs and patterns of any chart. It doesn't matter if it's cryptocurrencies, stocks, futures, commodity, oil, gold, silver, like you are able to visually look at these things and see what they're about to do potentially before it happens. 
and make an accurate and hopefully profitable outcome because of your visual interpretation of what's happening. Yeah. I've also been seeing a lot. Um, this is actually in one of the, the Robin Hood groups. A lot of people were talking about safe moon. Is that what it is? Yes, I have heard about that one. Um, and that I have no actual idea what they do. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I was like so confused. Yeah. I was even trying because people were like, oh, you can only, I think you had to, to move it to Bitcoin and then you could purchase. Like, it seemed like too many steps for me. Like it was like, oh, here's a workaround. And it was like 10 different steps on how to get it. And I was like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know about this. Uh, I've been telling a lot of people the way I have been approaching cryptocurrencies for a while would be to buy a certain amount of it that you want to own and just do it on a weekly reoccurring basis. So it can be 10 US dollars, 20 US dollars, whatever. Just buy a small amount on a weekly basis and keep accumulating it almost as if it was a savings account. That's a really good tip that's easily, you know, able to implement as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of people are still really afraid, I think, of the stock market. Why do you think that is? Hmm. I think I think there's two main reasons. I'll give you the uh, the flowery answer and then I'll give you the real answer. All right. The flower the flowery answer is is lack of education and people don't understand it because it's only been around for like 120 years. Yeah. Really. So most of our generation, most of our moms, dads, grandparents, like they didn't really interact with it. And if they did interact with it, they probably didn't make tons of money with it. Right. So it, it's just scary that they, it's scary because again, not that many people know tons about it, but here's the real, real answer is it's lack of control. Ooh. Right. In, in real estate, most people, um, they can force appreciation in real estate. They can force appreciation in a business. They can go and create something just by making it happen, right? Like you can go and build a house on a piece of, um, on, on a piece of land, right? Yeah. So, and then boom, they, now you have appreciated, um, appreciated assets. But if it's, like let's say the stock market, like there's nothing you can do tangible, unless you're right? the, like, yeah, it's just not tangible. Like you can't build on it. You can't go do anything unless you're like the board of directors um, or you, you, you're a CEO or something, right. then maybe you can do something. But even if that's the case, you can't really actively trade your stock anyway. So long story short, it really is a control thing. A lot of people don't have control until a lot of people are control freaks like myself. Mm -hmm. And they just, they don't want to allow things to happen rather than just, they want to control it. Yeah, that makes sense. It, the whole time you're talking, I was thinking of like a Seinfeld episode in my mind, actually, where Jerry had like bought stocks, but it was so funny just even reflecting on that in the 90s. Like you had to check the newspaper every day, like to see what the stocks were doing. So it is like a different world from even the early 90s to now. Very good point. Yeah. Extremely true. Yeah. So it just how the, the way that we're able to access it now, it's more at our fingertips, but you also provide resources like people like me who have no knowledge in it, but want to gain that knowledge so that we are informed and educated. Yeah. And you took those steps. So thank you again for doing that, by the way. Um, because... Thank you for providing it. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
Of course, because I, I, that's why I wanted to do it. I want people to just learn because now you'll have a little bit of a different opinion. It doesn't mean that you have to trade or invest full time, but it does mean that you have reduced your fear a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And it's increased my knowledge, a lot of it. <laughs> so, Love it. Yes. Love it. So do you see a repeat of 2008 happening when it comes to the stock market? A lot of people are kind of on the fence right now, especially with the housing market, like going through the roof. It's bringing up some of those, you know, old trauma wounds of 2008 what do you think mm. Ooh, the uh yes the answer is yes there will be another 2008 mm. it will not be for a while though yeah uh, because 2008 is as recent as it was kind of just happened you know it was 12 years ago so that's not that's not that long i mean that was a huge 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 crash that was massive and the thing is, whatever pullback in the real estate market or the stock market that happens the next year or two, it'll be small and it'll be bought up with cash because I do know a lot of people who, and again, this might be, maybe that's just my world, but I know a lot of people who've made more money in their businesses recently. They have money, their stocks are appreciating, their cryptocurrencies are appreciating, their houses are appreciating, they're able to get money, interest rates are low. So there's a lot of cash available, yeah. a lot of cash on the sidelines and people, it doesn't matter if you have 10,000 or a hundred thousand or a million, there is a lot of money out there on the sidelines. And I can single-handedly right now think of 30 people that have at least $300,000 in cash. They're like, I don't know what to do with it. So when you get like a real estate pullback or a stock market pullback of some magnitude, I think it'll be met with buying. Mm. And I think we're going to continue to go higher. Mostly, mostly for this particular reason. My thought is this COVID situation if that's not going to stop this train, probably nothing will for a while. Ooh. And when the masks fully come off and the borders open up and everyone can start partying again and, and spending their money and depleting their cash reserves and, and just really releasing their pent up energy. Do you think the economy is going to go down or up? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. That's a great point. And I'm, I'm located on the space coast of Florida. So uh, what I'm seeing right now is so wild to me. Like everything around here is being bought up, mostly because we're having aerospace come down. Like, you know, we Elon's over here all the time launching some rockets. So like it's it's booming now compared to when I moved here. It was terrifying because we moved down and I'm not exaggerating. Two weeks later, I saw a headline that said, Brevard County, number one foreclosure rate in the country. And I was like, where did we just move to? Like, I was like, this is, <laughs> this is terrible. There's no jobs. There's no nothing. And even now with as much as going on, it's booming here. Like it, it just feels like a booming economy in our county, particularly. So, I mean, I haven't traveled this much in the past year, but I know you have, so you have, you know, more of an insight of what's going on. So I, I love hearing that yeah, it's, it'll crash, but just, you know, not right now. Yeah, 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 exactly. It'll be the big, big awaiting one that everyone's talking about um, or everyone wants. Yeah, it, it, it'll happen and it'll happen in our lifetimes. There'll be a massive like 70, 80% thing. But I don't know when that'll be, and no one obviously no one does. But it, I can I can say this with my expert opinion, if that matters, it'll be a while from now. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe late twenties. Uh, because I've told a lot of people I think this is the roaring twenties. Mm. 
you know, like a yeah. parallel of a hundred years really ago. Is, though. So, <laughs> yeah. Because what did yeah. they all do after they had, uh, you know, their pandemic party? <laughs> they, yeah. Everyone went out yeah. in their best, you know, dressed to the nines. And it's interesting because um, I've also heard from a plastic surgeon that their numbers right now are going up for like Botox and filler and things like that, because people now are investing back into their looks, whereas 2020, everything just kind of you know, flatlined, we're all home. So like now it's also people are investing back in themselves, whether that's physically, I think also mentally, emotionally, financially. So I think we're hitting Mm. all of those growth spurts right now. Mm, I love it. Me too. Yeah. Jeremy, I know we're getting short on time, but you are definitely not short on knowledge and or value. So (laughs) you have a ton to offer our audience. Tell them where they can go to connect with you further. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a kind thing to say. I mean, you can email me, Jeremy, it's two R's, J-E-R-R-E-M-Y at reallifetrading.com. The best way to connect with me is probably either text messages, you know, go to Instagram, Jeremy Newsome, you can DM me or check out my podcast. I have a new podcast out. It's season two of a podcast called Broke to Woke, where me and my business partner, one of my best friends, Brittany Turner, She's actually coming over to my house tonight. Um, yeah, her her and I just kind of like recount our stories and try to help other people get to where they want to be. Just saying, hey, avoid all these mistakes that we made. Here's some tips. Here's some tricks. Let's go crush life and become better citizens of the world. It's so good. I can attest. It's so good. I like started and I couldn't stop. So (laughs) thank you, (laughs) Jeremy, you know, I love your energy as much as I love learning from you. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Lauren. You're the best. I learned so much from Jeremy and I stay learning from him, actually. Be sure to connect with Jeremy on social media, listen to his podcast, and check out his free resources. I've linked it all on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend and be sure to give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I'm back on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.